And so we'll pray, and then we'll jump into Psalm 119. Uh, just actually a couple of announcements before we get going. There is a kids program this summer. Um, it is not Patch Club. We're taking a break from Patch Club for the summer. Um, but it is uh, something for the kids, uh, for the little kids throughout the summer. Uh, so that is going on. So if your kids weren't aware of that, uh, we can take them downstairs and get them uh, involved in that if they would like to. Also, there's a free garage sale going on this uh, weekend. We need help Friday night and Saturday uh, from 7 to noon. Is that right? 7 to noon, Saturday? Sitting up at 7 on Saturday and going through noon. Um, so that is this coming Saturday. We'll need help with that. If you want to just be amazed, go upstairs and look at all the stuff that has come in. It's amazing up there. Um, but that is this Saturday, so you can be in prayer for that and plan to help if you are able. Then also, be aware, potluck lunch this Sunday. So we'll have a morning Sunday school, morning service, potluck lunch. So that involves all of you. We, we need you to show up and bring some food for that. Potluck lunch, and then afternoon service, no evening service. So that is this coming Sunday, so we'll look forward to that. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, this evening we do rejoice in your word. We rejoice in the solid foundation on which we stand. We rejoice that the Bible did not come by men. It is not man's ideas or man's word, but every word of the Bible is by the word of God. It is your word. And therefore, it is authoritative, it is inerrant. Therefore, it is the solid foundation on which we can grow. Therefore, it is trustworthy. So Lord, even this evening as we turn our attention to your word, I pray that we would come with tender hearts, eager to learn and to grow. We pray all these things in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Psalm 119, 161 to 168. Princes persecute me without a cause, but my heart stands in awe of your word. I rejoice at your word as one who finds great treasure. I hate and abhor lying, but I love your law. Seven times a day I praise you because of your righteous judgments. Great peace have those who love your law, and nothing causes them to stumble. Lord, I hope for your salvation, and I do your commandments. My soul keeps your testimonies, and I love them exceedingly. I keep your precepts and your testimonies, for all my ways are before you. Well, the psalmist, all the way back at the beginning of Psalm 119, introduced us to the fact, the idea that he was under some kind of persecution. There was the threat of tribulation. And we've seen that progress all throughout Psalm 119 as over and over and over again that, that persecution, that tribulation that is either threatening the psalmist or is going on currently in his life. Time and time again it comes up. And yet all throughout the psalm, his hope is in the word of God. It's the same thing we find this evening. Except this evening, maybe the, the persecution has a little more oomph to it. Because as 161 starts out, princes persecute me without a cause. These aren't just normal people 
You're not just random people on the street. These are princes. They are those who have authority, those who have means, those who have power. So the hate that they have towards the psalmist, what they want to happen, they can make happen. And notice that that it's unjust. The psalmist is innocent and they persecute me without a cause. I haven't done anything to deserve this. But, it goes on, regardless of this persecution, my heart stands in awe of your word. The word awe is an interesting word. It's really the idea of afraid or startled. And in the context that we see it here, it's, it's really the, the psalmist is trembling with joy. He is overcome at these awe of the word of God. It's really an amazing statement when you think about the context. There are princes, those with power who are persecuting the psalmist, and it doesn't say, I stand in awe of them, I am shaking before them. Rather, he's trembling with joy before the word of God. My very heart, the core of who I am, stands in awe of your word. It is not the threat of a powerful prince that moves the psalmist with the word of a holy God. So verse 162 goes on, Therefore I rejoice at your word, as one who finds great treasure. This word of God, it fills the psalmist with hope. To the psalmist, the word of God, it's not a burden that holds him down, not something he has to drag with him through his life. Brother, it is an immense blessing of unspeakable value as one who finds treasure. One commentator put it this way, that the idea here is one of, after uh, battle, the spoils of war, as soldiers go out there, they are eager to see what they have won, what they can gather. That is the attitude with which the psalmist approaches the word of God. He comes to it eagerly. As to one who finds great treasure, he's coming eager, excited, shaking, trembling with joy, ready to see what treasure he will find. What a challenge it is to us. May the Lord give us eyes to see the word of God in that way. Not to see devotions as something difficult, something frustrating, as a burden. But to see time in the Word of God as sweet. Not just sweet, but to look forward to it as if I am searching for treasure. It goes on in verse 163, I hate and abhor lying, but I love your word, your law. There's a contrast here. He hates lying. He abhors it. And yet he loves the word. He loves the law of the Lord. And yet it's more than just a contrast. Really, it's even a reason. Because the reason that the psalmist hates lying is because he loves the law. God's law is the reason that he hates lying. It's God's word that shapes the psalmist's philosophy and even forms his thinking. He's a man of the word. 
It forms his thinking. It also shapes how he spends his time, as you see in verse 164. Seven times a day I praise you. Seven, the, the perfect number. The idea here is not necessarily that literally seven times a day he gets down on his knees, although that is possible. But more generally, it just represents a lifestyle of worship. It is a regular rhythm that takes his entire day. All day long, I praise you. It is a lifestyle of worship. Why? Because of your righteous judgments. Because of who you are and what you say. Really, because you are worthy of my praise that lasts all day long. You are worthy of every minute of my life. Verse 165, great peace have those who love your law, and nothing causes them to stumble, even as I already mentioned. Great peace. That word peace is a word that we are familiar with. It's the word shalom. And it includes the idea of peace, but it's even, it's more than that. It's really a, a wish of well-being, prosperity, satisfaction. Again, we see the idea here that God's law, it's not a burden. But it is what brings peace and prosperity and satisfaction. It is the key to a purposeful and satisfying life. The psalmist doesn't look at the word of God as holding him back, as limiting him. Rather, he sees the word of God to the most important thing in his life. It is the law of God and life lived in submission to that law, recognizing the sovereignty of his Lord that brings satisfaction and well-being in life. And it's on that foundation that nothing causes him to stumble. Even the threatening words or actions of a prince cannot threaten the great peace that comes from the law of the Lord. He goes on in verse 166, Lord, I hope for your salvation and I do your commandments. I hope and I do. Note here that the psalmist's hope dictates the faithfulness of the psalmist's life. It is because he hopes in the Lord's salvation that he then does the Lord's commandments. What he believes to be true and what he hopes to come dictates what what he does and how he lives in the presence. It influences and strengthens his obedience. And the interesting thing to note here in verse 166 is that we're 166 verses into Psalm 119. And all throughout this, the psalm has been talking about this persecution, this tribulation. And here we are in verse 166, and the Lord still hasn't answered. You would think at this point, the psalmist would start getting a little frustrated. 
And yet, even while he continues to wait on the Lord, even while these princes persecute him unjustly, even while he pours out his heart to the Lord and he continues to wait day in and day out, still, I hope for your salvation and I do your commandments. His obedience, his commitment to the Lord is not based on what the Lord has done for him. It's not because the Lord answered this prayer and this prayer. And this prayer. It's because of the word of the Lord and because he knows who God is. So my soul keeps your testimonies, verse 167. Note that my soul keeps your testimonies. This is not merely surface level conformity. Rather, it is total surrender down to the very core of who I am. I am committed to your word. I keep your testimonies. And I love them exceedingly. We get the idea here that this isn't, this isn't something, again, that the psalmist does begrudgingly. There is a joy, a willingness, a spring to his step. This is something that I love. In fact, he already said that back in verse 163. I love your law. I rejoice, we see in 162, as one who finds great treasure. I stand in awe, I'm trembling with joy before your word. In fact, as you work your way through this psalm, you'll see how does the psalm, what is the psalmist's attitude towards God's law? It is awe, it is rejoicing, it is love, as we see reported, reported twice. And so then, if that is his attitude towards God's law, how does the psalmist respond to God's law? Well, as you're working right through the psalm, you see, he praises the Lord, verse 164. He has this great peace, verse 165, regardless of what's going on outside. He has hope, as we see in verse 166. And he is obedient, as we see the end of verse 166, even into verse 167. And even continuing down into verse 168, I keep your precepts and your testimonies. Everything that you have said, full commitment, I do what God has said. I am committed to God's law. I'm committed to the word of God. If my God has said it, I will do it. Why? For all my ways are before you. The psalmist lives with this understanding, this realization. He knows that the Lord sees and knows all that he does. And so then the psalmist lives with that perspective. The idea here is not one of obedience under a watchful uh, eye of someone who's feared. Rather, the obedience is motivated under the watchful eye of someone who is loved. These things, this obedience, his commitment to the Lord and to his word is motivated by his love for God. Oh, how would our lives look different if we lived with that perspective? If we lived understanding that everything we do, God is watching. We know that, do we not? We've been told that since we were kids. But when was the last time you thought about that, that day in and day out, when that really motivated you? God sees Think back to when you were a kid. Your parents walk in the room. 
you start acting a little different, right? When you know that they are watching you. Brothers and sisters, the Lord is watching. And may we, like the psalmist, say, I keep your precepts and your testimonies because I know that all my ways are before you. Because I know that you see, I know that you're working. And may we do it with the same love and excitement and joy and holy awe that the psalmist here displays in Psalm 161 to 168. When was the last time that time that you spent with the Lord and his word could be described as trembling with joy? Brothers and sisters, let us rejoice in the word of the Lord. Because we love the Lord of the word. It is his word. These are his commandments. And it is not our duty or our burden to do them. It is our privilege. So may we live knowing that all my ways are before you, Lord. Even as we go to a time of prayer here in these last several minutes, understand that you are praying to a God who sees, who hears, not only throughout your day, but even when you bring your requests to him. He sees and he hears. He knows what is going on in your life. Not only does he know, but he's at work for your good and for his glory. So we bring our requests to the Lord. But understand, even as the psalmist does here, that even if the Lord doesn't answer as you want, or if he doesn't answer in your timeline, I will keep hoping for your salvation. I will keep doing your commandments. Because I know who you are. So with that said, we're going to take some prayer requests.